Welcome to Dean's Council, a podcast aimed at supporting university leaders holding one of the more critical jobs on university campus. Your panelists, Ken Kring, Jim Ellis, and Dave Eikenberry, engage in conversation with highly accomplished deans and other academic leaders regarding the ever-complex array of challenges deans face in one of the loneliest and most unique jobs in the academy. Professor Amy Hillman holds the Rusty Lion Chair in Strategy at Arizona State University at the W.P. Carey School of Business. Amy has been at ASU since 2001 when she joined as an Associate Professor of Management. In 2009, she was named Executive Dean and became Dean of the Carey School in 2013, a job she held until 2020. Amy is a remarkably accomplished educator and scholar. She was editor of the Academy of Management Review for over three years and was associate editor of the Academy of Management Journal for over three years as well. Recently, she was named president of the Academy of Management. For several decades, business schools have developed a reputation for not being particularly integrated with their respective campuses. Today, Amy will break with this mold and share her views about the value of cross-campus partnerships the key factors she has observed drive success in these relationships and the impact cross-campus partnerships can have not only on the campus, but on the business school as well. Well, today we are privileged to have an opportunity to discuss with Amy Hillman, the former dean at the Carey School at Arizona State University, some of the really earth-shattering changes that she made at the school. And she did a lot in her eight-year tenure as dean and uh, is to be hugely congratulated for that, as well as being named president of the Academy for Management. And uh, Amy, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. And thank you for taking the time to join us. My pleasure. So one of the things that you did, along with launching many new degree programs and, and changing really the face of MBA programs, is, is you created some multidisciplinary programs and degrees within Arizona State with the other the other colleges and the other schools at the university. Tell us about that and sort of why you partnered with those and what was your thinking and, you know, what were the pitfalls and the, the pluses and minuses from the standpoint of the Cary School? Uh, you know, we one of the things that we started with was talking to parents and particularly talking to the parents of our undergrads. And we knew that there were a lot of students who had a passion. They had a passion for political science. They had a passion for dance. They had a passion for sustainability, but their parents had some pragmatism and they wanted their son or daughter to get a little bit of business along with whatever their passion area was. So we started this idea of a Bachelor of Arts in business. And the Bachelor of Arts is the same as our traditional Bachelor of Science in terms of the undergraduate core. So it requires the same math, same uh, accounting sequence, same finance, marketing, all the, the required core. But where we are different for the Bachelor of Arts is in the upper division 18 hours, they're taken in another college. So for example, one of our most popular programs is a Bachelor of Arts in business with a concentration in law. And actually our law faculty love it because they don't teach undergraduates. So they, we worked in conjunction with them to design six upper division courses 
that would prepare a student who was interested in business and law. Maybe they want to go get a JD. Maybe they want to get an MBA someday to major in that. And so that's one example. We have them with fine arts. We have them with sustainability. And they've been wildly popular. In fact, I think the last time I looked, we have about 10,000 students in the business school that are getting Bachelor of Arts in business degrees in subjects from communication, uh, technology, entrepreneurship, management, global politics. Uh, we even have a Chinese and Asian studies business degree. So they've been really exciting. And then once we saw that, we kind of got excited about what we could do. And we did something at the master's level too. So we don't have as many students, but we've found a few opportunities. There's a master in legal studies, for example, in sports, business, and law that we teach with the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law at ASU. And it's been really, really successful. So we we just have found that it, it hits a niche for students and their parents. And many of the students understand they need the business part too, but it's brought diversity into our undergraduate core classrooms and into our master's classrooms. And that's been another win. I, I think it's, it's so forward looking and it, it's, it's just terrific. Dave, did you want to jump in? What a, what a great story, Amy. Um, how do you work out the budgetary uh, arrangements in a complex scenario like that? Yeah, so good question. So our budget is aligned to go to the faculty member who teaches the course. So for us, then that means the students who are taking our business core are the tuition flows in, into us. And for the upper division courses, it flows into the other college. Now, we have a few hybrid programs where we're teaching some of the upper division, they're teaching some of the upper division, but it largely goes by who, who the faculty member works for uh, in terms of the tuition. And then with business and, and law for the master's degree, we just, we bargained with the law school for what we would require for our content. Did you, did you ever have any issues with any of the deans of the other schools or other programs, or were they equally as excited about doing this and were really wide open in negotiation and just said, let's make this happen? That's the trick, right? So I'd say that in the beginning, we went to the deans that we had great relationships with that we knew we could work with that would deliver right away. And once uh, enrollment started and interest started, more and more deans wanted to partner with us, but it hasn't been perfect. Uh, we've had degrees that have struggled and largely because there hasn't been that person at the top that makes the faculty director or the faculty teach what's needed to be taught in those courses. And we have eliminated a few. We, we had to eliminate a degree mostly because the college partner that we had wasn't reliably offering the courses or teaching in the kind of content that we really needed. I think that one of the problems that so many institutions have is they're afraid to eliminate something, even if it becomes dead wood for whatever reason, whether it's lack of enrollment, whether it's lack of support, whatever, but it becomes an issue. And I think the fact that you you did eliminate those really sends a good signal to other schools saying, if, if we don't get on board and be good partners, this thing could be put in the garbage can. So that's really a, that's kudos to you on that one as well, to, to take that mark down when you need to take it. Thank you. You know, one of the other big challenges came from our career team. 
because our employer engagement and career services team know how to place a major in finance or a major in marketing, but how to get um, employers to come for a business and law degree was something different. And so we, we had to constantly reframe and say, this isn't about placement for a BS in finance student versus a BA in business and communication. It's placement of a Bachelor of Arts in business and communication as compared to a Bachelor of Arts in communication. And once we started to make that flip to say it's the employers that would otherwise be looking at a degree from that other college without the business lens, we became much more comfortable with how to engage them and how to coach those students to try to find uh, employment opportunities and internships. Amy, we've been talking a lot about degree programs, but are there other ways outside of a degree experience that that lead to fruitful collaborations? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've done a number of interdisciplinary research centers. Uh, we call them institutes here. The first was the Global Institute of Sustainability. And so business, sustainability, law, public programs, public policy, we all come together there. Then the business school took the leadership to create the Global um, Sports Institute, and so we, we uh, brought together kind of all of the science around sports. And that was really fun because that was a partnership with athletics, as well as um, six original schools created the Global Sports Institute. And so what we do there is now we collect research in the area of sports. They've become a very curated place for people who are interested in sports to find things and then also courses. So if you just happen to be a student who loves sports and you're looking for an elective, you can go to the Global Sports Institute and see, well, there's a history of the NCAA or the cultural implications for Latinas in professional sports. So it's, it's been fun. Explain a little bit more about the research focus on this. Um, a lot of our, at least in the business school, you know, we tend to have these, you know, I'm in marketing or I'm in finance uh, type of uh, silos. How did, how is the research piece working? How are we evaluating research? How are, how is that working into promotion and tenure and those kinds of issues? Or is it too early to, has it been too early to really tell? No, it's, it's a great question. And it really has to do with culture. At ASU, um, our president has always valued multidisciplinary research. So participating in it is uh, something that's valuable. And we've had to really focus at the college level to make sure that that message is consistent as well. Now, it doesn't hurt that sometimes when we collaborate with other colleges and schools, we get externally funded research, which as we all know as business school deans is not so easy within our business school faculty. But as soon as we you know, are partnering with someone in the School of Sustainability and getting an NSF grant, our faculty feel pretty proud of what they're doing because we also can use the expertise of the faculty in other areas who are used to pitching for externally funded research. And we don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel within the business school to understand how to write grant proposals. If, if you look at ASU and the leadership of ASU, um, your president is a very entrepreneurial administrator. And certainly the 
when you have a leader like that that encourages the kinds of things you were doing, it sure makes it a lot easier. What would you say to deans that have a truly academic, non-entrepreneurial leadership above them in a role of either provost or president, yet know that this, these partnerships can be such a huge plus for both a business school and another college within the university? How would you suggest they kind of work through those landmines? Such a great question. I would, I would use peer influence peer-to-peer, and go to a dean that you think there is, uh, you already have a good connection with, you already have a partnership where you can trust each other and know that each other is going to do what they say, and pitch the idea. So I'll give you another example. We started a nine-month master's in management, which is for uh, no work experience, non-business undergrads. And we've been selling that as a four plus one in the other colleges. It's not even really presented as a degree from us so much as uh, something that the other colleges are pitching to their parents of even incoming freshmen. You can come and stay here for four years and then add on this master's of management. And certainly when the economy was slow, that was a degree that really added a lot of value. But I, I think it starts there. You go to a peer, you come up with an interesting idea, you make the pitch to your provost, and it has to be that experimentation, right? Let's let's see what we can do. Let's see if we get the enrollment. And then to your point, again, if, if it doesn't work out, we're going to close it. How hard is it to close these programs? And it's easy to start these things, but uh, there's oftentimes so much emotion tied up in these. How were you able to lance that boil? That's hard, you know, because you have the, the alumni who have that degree, who think it was the best degree ever, right? Because they chose it. Uh, and so eliminating it can be a problem for them. I think that what's, what's helped us is that the degree is a Bachelor of Arts in Business. And then there's some parentheses. And the parentheses represent the concentration. So rather than it being a BS in finance, it is a Bachelor of Arts in Business. And so I think that from the diploma perspective and the way we market the degrees, it's less visible that their concentration was eliminated or perhaps modified. When you roll that out, though, that, that difficult news, is it a, um, you kind of ooze it out and, and let it take hold gradually, or do you rip off the Band-Aid? Or... Mike, my, my personal experience here has not been great. What, what was your recipe for that? You know, we when we've ended programs, they've tended to be small. They've tended to be programs that just don't attract a lot of students. And we've provided a transition into another degree or we've provided a teach out. So I, I would say that we tend to keep things more quiet. Now, like you, I've had to eliminate degrees that had more students that were very, very passionate about those degrees. And it can be very, very painful. But I think, you know, the lucky thing is that we're business school faculty. And so going in and saying, I understand that college isn't often thought about as a business, but let me tell you about how we're teaching this program and there's only three people enrolled in the upper division courses. Or because there's so few people who are interested in it, we're having to put you in a course with other majors and it's not delivering the value that you really need. So I think just being very upfront and transparent about the reasons, they might still not like the reasons, 
But I think we have to own where we are. And that is that we have a responsibility to either deliver upon the promise of the degree to the students or and or um, make sure that what we're doing are sustainable. And that can can be viewed from a financial sustainability lens. Let me let me shift the conversation, Amy. Um, so so when you think about a business week ranking or, or any kind of these external metrics, interdisciplinary work doesn't always show up in the quote unquote ranking. How do you, or do you reconcile that, you know, a dollar spent on this interdisciplinary is a dollar that doesn't go into uh, my, my business school graduate uh, programs or or do you, do you just operate at a different level and say, I I don't care. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to manage this institution the way I think I need to and and be damned with, uh, with business week. You know, really it's the latter. Um, because if you go back to the career comment, the students that graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in Business with a concentration in communication, they're not getting the starting salary that a finance major is. And so our, our starting salaries are depressed. Our placement could be depressed. There are, there are all sorts of ranking implications of this. But I'll tell you that when we talk to faculty and increasingly employers who in the beginning didn't understand the difference in a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Science in business, but now they really do. And many of those employers come because they like the the combination of liberal arts with creative thinking, et cetera, plus a little bit of business. So I think when you talk to those stakeholders, you become convinced that it's the right thing to do regardless of what happens in terms of the rankings. Now, AACSB needed some uh, accreditation influence as well, right? Because the faculty who are teaching in the upper division courses are outside of the college. So we've just had to do some education to our AACSB visitors as well to say, okay, this is, this, these are, this is the way you should think about faculty qualifications. This is a perfect example of building, building the school to the right stakeholders. You know, so often people think about the rankings and, oh, I've got to cater to the rankings. In actuality, the rankings are just going to have to reflect how well we do in terms of our of our interdisciplinary and our multi-school programs. And, and it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. But on the other hand, this becomes an intangible thing that ultimately will pay off in so many other ways. And, and I, I really commend you for this because, uh, it's it's the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do, and it obviously has paid off. When you have ten thousand students taking those kinds of those kinds of curricula, that's huge. That's just huge. It has been, and you know, I think we can all empathize with the idea that the other colleges and schools look at the business school and they they see fancy buildings, they see you know programs, what whatever it is that they see. And they don't see us necessarily always being the best partner. Everyone's used to partnering with liberal arts because that's where their core curriculum really comes from or their general education curriculum, I should say. But uh, this has also been a real reputation builder and social capital builder for the business school on campus. 
And our other campus partners now view us very differently because we've been able to also increase their enrollment. And so if you think about some of their challenges with degrees that may not be as uh, attractive as they once were to students, this is allowing them to hire faculty as well. How is your... Uh... I imagine your dean is upbeat. Not your dean, your provost is really upbeat about this. Has the stock price of the of the college risen uh, in the eyes of the upper administration? Absolutely, um, they've they've been very very pleased with this, and it's uh, it's it's brought so many more students to ASU that we think would not have chosen to come to ASU if the degree wasn't there. Um, now, I'm, obviously, it's it's an easy thing to copy. Uh, lots of other universities could offer these kind of multidisciplinary degrees, but it will come back to the culture, right? And whether it's rewarded and, and whether you can convince your folks to your earlier question not to worry about the rankings and to, to invest in your career team to get them to understand nuances and placement and all of the things that we had to go through and learn. Well, and the other thing, the other thing is that you started off with the parents and the pragmatic side of parents saying, how's my son or daughter going to get a job if they're going to be a blank major? And you come back and say, yes, they can be a major in blank, but they also are going to have business acumen that's going to be included in their, in their skill set when they walk out of school four years from now. Um, th that really, to me, was a, a great call was to, to go to the parents first. Thank you. And, you know, we we really debated, like, should should the Bachelor of Arts students be in the same core classes as the Bachelor of Science? Because we have rigorous math requirements. We have, you know, rigor in, in the finance sequence, in the statistics sequence, in the computer information systems. And really what we saw was uh, the level of all students was enhanced by putting students who think differently in with our business students. So it's really been a win for us. Interesting, Amy. If if I if you were going to speak to a group of uh, new deans who have uh, are coming out of a traditional B school dynamic uh, without this interdisciplinary uh, emphasis on on their campus, what what pitfalls would you recommend they sidestep? along this journey? Well, you definitely have to pick your partner wisely. And you have to pick a partner that's not just willing to collaborate on a degree, but collaborate on content and perhaps create new courses. Because you really have to have the ability to, um, to deliver on content that you feel like is the marriage between business and whatever the other topic is. So I think, you know, the, the partner selection is key and then staying on top of that because as deans or department chairs take on a, the responsibility for new programs and as faculty develop new courses, sometimes those individuals change and you really have to make sure that the degree is, is consistent with the way it was developed, that it's con continuously improved and that the partner stays committed. So I think that's the, the biggest downfall. I, I just have to tell you how much I appreciate, we appreciate your taking the time to share with us how you managed to do what you did. Because uh, as I said, when we started, your eight-year tenure as dean was extremely successful in so many respects, be it 
fundraising, new buildings, new programs, partnerships, everything you've done at ASU. And, and I congratulate you, but thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We really, truly appreciate it. Absolutely, Amy. What a what a great story you've got there. Very, very impressive. And uh, I just love this idea of bringing the business school closer into the campus uh, and, and, and making it part of the lifeblood of, of, the, of the institution. So kudos to you. Well, thank you both. And it's been fun talking to you. And if there's any deans out there that are interested in this journey, um, my email is just amy.hillman at asu.edu. Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. Dave, why don't you share with us some takeaways that you, you've got from that really wonderful discussion with Amy and, and sort of synthesize your thoughts. That was just a, a great conversation. I personally speaking, Jim, I, I really resonated with her desire to, to bring the business school back into the strategic emphasis of the campus. I, you know, rankings, for example, have all of their pluses and minuses, but one of the big minuses is that the drive for rankings actually pulled the business schools out of the campus mainstream. And I think these interdisciplinary programs really help bring the business school back into the vibrancy of the campus and its core mission. We saw this need to uh, to do this when I joined uh, Leeds back in uh, in 2011. Uh, this, uh, so if you roll the clock back about 10 years ago, the humanities enrollments were shrinking um, on scales of 30 to 50%. And of course, as you lose credit hours, you lose, you know, has huge budgetary ramifications. Amy responded to that through degree programs, but we, we responded through a, a business minor that we, in other words, we really wanted that music major to stay in music or engineering, but get that business background. Um, and so that was, that was a tool we used and she talked about large numbers. We now have large numbers too. Over we have over 2000 students um, in this uh, in this business minor program. And it's, it's, it's really brought um, the business school to the core. So I, I just really enjoyed seeing her, uh, her reactions to these. What was your, what were your thoughts, Jim? I, I think that her, um, her answer insofar as how to deal with, maybe a more academic administration by bringing peers together to then be partners and, and to pick the peer that you trust, that you know will carry the water from their side. Um, and, and then together you put, it, you, you put this program in place so much better, works better if you don't have the support from the top. And I think it, it really is difficult for many new deans to step out of the norm of a, of a business school that operates in a, in a particular direction to do something like this. And, and that was, that was a, a difficult thing to do, I'm sure, and, and very entrepreneurial in her thought process. And she really managed it wonderfully. I also think speaking to the parents of students who are much more pragmatic about how their children are going to get jobs when they get out of school and, and, and being able to say the business school is a partner with whatever major your, your son or daughter wants to, wants to choose and wants to go into as a career, and we're going to help you. And um, that became a, a great selling point. I thought that 
that uh, she really addressed the pitfalls wonderfully well, addressed the fact that how do you do this beyond degree programs in terms of other types of partnerships um, that are more like the sustainability center, et cetera, but a, a really, really nicely done job of putting a, a full service business school into a university, which is what she's done. Wasn't it a gutsy move on her part, though, to have the courage to open programs, understanding that they might eventually have to be uh, terminated? I mean, that's a gutsy move. Well, and for, you, you said it yourself. You said it yourself. It's a whole lot harder to close these things. It's, it's easy to get married, yeah. but it's hard to get divorced. Right, right. Well, kudos to her to, to be able to rise above the fray and, and, and lead her institution to that greater cause. I, what, what a wonderful uh, visit we had, Jim. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dean's Council. This show is supported in part by Corn Ferry, leaders in executive search. Dean's Council was produced in Boulder, Colorado by Joel Davis of Analog Digital Arts. For a catalog of previous shows, please visit our website at deanscouncil.com. If you have any feedback for us, please let us know by sending an email to feedback at deanscouncil.com. And finally, please hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so that you can automatically receive our latest show.